Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. And welcome to Security and Secure, hosted by Johnny Seifert. This is the podcast where I say it's okay to not be okay. And if you have the same mantra as me, then before we get to today's guest, please subscribe to Security and Secure whilst you're listening. And at the end of the episode, leave a five-star rating and a review. Now, let me tell you about my guest today. Yesterday was a financial broker before joining the only way is Essex 10 years ago, back in 2013, following the footsteps of his sister Chloe and cousin Joey, where he watched his relationship with Firma Can have its ups and downs. Since then, he's left the show and become a talent agent, the creator of a huge project. He got engaged to his colleague Georgia, and he is in his new TV show, The House of Sims on OnlyFans TV, where not only is he starring in it, he's also the co-creator and executive producer. So without further ado, I'm delighted to welcome to Security and Secure to tell his mental health journey, it's OnlyFans star Charlie C. Hello, Charlie. Yes, that was a bit of an intro. I like that, Johnny. What the bat that I get to call you an OnlyFans model now? Well, yeah, partly. I think people might be disappointed with the content I'm giving them, though. <laughs> yeah, because your content is a bit different to everyone else's on OnlyFans. You're going, well, I want to know a bit of feedback on this, and what do you think about that? And everyone else is going, here's a picture of me. Here's a video of me. Do you want to see something <laughs> even more? Slide into my DMs. I'll send you something. You're not doing that, Charlie, are you? No, I'm using the platform for. Something different, different perspective, different content, using it for, for what it is, really. I think OnlyFans is a platform that's really taken a huge rise, obviously, because of the explicit content that um, that it's, it's famous for. But it can be used in so many different ways. And it's actually a very good platform. If you signed up to it, you'll, you'll know. It's kind of a big mush, mash mix between Twitter, Instagram, bit of threads in there now. If you've joined threads, it's kind of like... It's kind of like that. You can kind of use it for all sorts of different things. So I'm I'm enjoying my my journey on OnlyFans. Well, I was playing around on it, and there's a lot of cooking. I see a lot of people just trying out different mm-hmm. knife techniques or just how to make a cake, even. And you know what? It's it's that long form video content version of Instagram and version of TikTok and version of Twitter. That rather than having a two minute clip, a two minute reel, a two minute little clickbait clip. This is like, here's 40 minutes instead. Yeah, I mean, look, if you're talking about OFTV in particularly, which is the the safe-to-work arm of OnlyFans, and that's where our show is obviously hosted, The House of Sims, that is uh, a place where you're only going to get safe-to-work content. So there's no, nothing explicit on it. It's all going to be 18+, plus, but, you know, 
people anybody can kind of watch it and not going to come across anything that they don't want to see so that's kind of where our show is focusing on that's where season one's landed and season two is going to land as well so we're really just using the social platform only fans social platform to communicate with people communicate with fans and engage with people and i've, I've enjoyed it so far it's, it's been a it's been an interesting journey well, we're going to go through that whole journey, but you've just said about season two. When is season two happening? Uh, yep, season two has been commissioned and it's going to, well, we're going to start shooting it probably in September. That's an exclusive though. No one knows that at the moment. We like an exclusive. So September, you want to start filming and then what's the turnaround? I reckon we'll be done by middle of October, early November. And then we probably won't see the next season until the end the end of the year, if not early 2024. So we're kind of going against the too hot to handle uh, Netflix season and also Loaded in Paradise on ITV. So we're going to be about that late December, early January, where you need a bit of reality TV. You probably don't want Love Island again because it's so soon, but you just want something a bit different. And that's probably where you're going to slot into. I don't think we're focusing too much on the timings and trying to go against anybody. Um, it's more just a case of we just want to spend a bit more time of planning and executing the editing. What we realised the first time around was that the edit was going to take quite a bit longer than what we originally thought. The former show, we used to be on The Only Way as Essex, was turned around very, very quickly. And we didn't want this to be like that. We wanted it to be different. So we take a bit more time in the edit to try and get make sure the show's flowing properly and nobody gets lost in the show. So we spend quite a bit of time on that and it took quite a long time last time out for series one. We're looking at shortening that for series two, but ultimately we still want to make sure that we're spending quite a bit of time on it. So I think probably realistically it'll be out the early part of 2024. Well, it's interesting because obviously with TOWIE that people will know you and your family from, it's very drama focused on a relationship and the ups and downs. And it's very much like, right, Go and meet at this time. You're going to have an argument with that person because we know you two aren't getting on. Or, oh, we, we need a bit of romance there. Whereas what you've done is craft this really nice narrative in House of Sims of episode one. Right, we're going to go to LA. So let's pack everything up. Let's get there. Episode two. Right, we're going to have an English team. Episode three. Right, we need to see you all together on a camping trip. Episode four. It's all about Demi's race against humans launch. You know, every episode was crafted in such a way that it became very character-led rather than storyline-led. So are you thinking for season two, you need to go down that uh, drama-led or do you want to keep character fronting throughout? I kind of like the way that we did it. It was, you had this overall storyline. So the overall storyline was, we we're all going to get on a plane, go to Hollywood, see if we could make it. So that was the overall. And then underneath that, you had those character-led storylines where each individual went on their own journey. And I liked it like that. I felt, I feel like sometimes with other reality TV shows, they all kind of fall in place with the one storyline and it can all be very overwhelming. So if one big thing happens, the whole cast all of a sudden want to talk about it and it all traffics towards that moment. And I don't understand this, why it's somebody else's business or why it would be somebody else's storyline and why they would follow up with it unless they're being told to. We just didn't want to do that. We wanted to follow something that felt quite real. It wasn't drama-filled, and that's not because we did, we avoided it. It just didn't happen in Series 1. We just let it flow, and we just wanted to see where it, where it went. And I think, actually, what you saw is a family that, when they got here, when, they when we touched down in the States, it was all very much... We wasn't really sure. When you're not really sure, as a family, you, you tend to bond together. 
and that's what ended up happening we ended up sticking together and the drama kind of fell out of it if you like because we were so out of our comfort zones that we needed each other to 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 stay strong now whether that happens in series two i don't know because we're all kind of got our feet under the table some of us are here some of us are back in the uk so we'll see what happens in series two but that's just the way that series one went that's the same as tyree when tyree launched and it was very much focused on mark right and the right family right at the beginning before even lauren goodger had uh, the downs of mark it was very much focused on, on here's a family let's follow them blind the walls series style and then you need to bring the drama in and you know you had vans in uh season one of house of sims i'm wondering if you're going to get people like er booker who bases himself out in la gatsby who's in la obviously joey and frankie your cousins who could come over from uh, england to la of just because you need that little bit of drama for clickbait because as much as it's a tv program you need to also be filling the tiktok audience the instagram audience you need to be getting news lines and being talked about because you want the show to grow as a whole narrative and it's very hard of getting that balance between character-led storyline led so where's your head at in extra people joining the show for season two i think it's always going to be family orientated i think there probably will be i think you probably will see other people start coming in as the series go on them names there we've all, all spoken about them as well whether they will come in or not We'll see, but they do make sense because some of these guys are based here, like Eow's based. Eow was actually in series one somewhere. He did do a couple of small cameos and he was really, really nice to to spend some time with. So maybe he might come come and do some stuff for series two if he's in and around those sort of circles. Joey would be great to come on for series two. I'd love to see him out in LA just kind of doing his thing. So I'd love to have that conversation to see if he's available. But Gatsby's here. I actually hadn't met Gatsby before he moved here. Our times just didn't cross over on, on, on Towie. So the first time I'd ever met him was was in LA properly. So I've been kind of getting to know him, spent some time with him recently. And uh, he's, a, he's a really lovely guy as well. So wouldn't surprise me if we see him doing some cameo stuff in series two. Well, because you've kind of got a responsibility, I think, to an extent that a lot of your audience for the Sims family as a whole have come from Towie and they want to follow that journey. And you kind of can't cut it off completely because the Towie audience are expecting something. It can't be completely brand new. Is that fair to say? Yeah, and I don't think we're trying to... I mean, we just wanted to change the concept, so we just didn't want it to be Essex-based because I just feel like Essex has it's been so exhausted now with the show. Like, you literally cannot film anywhere. There's no storyline that hasn't been covered. So we just didn't want to keep it Essex-based. We just wanted to change the concept a little bit, which we've done and we've made it work. But ultimately, I'm definitely not shying away from anybody coming on the show. Like all of those names that you've you've spoken about, Vash J. Morgan's here, he was part of the show. They're all great people, big personalities as well that can come on the show and just ignite it with a little bit of um, of humour, of drama, of whatever it is. So they're the kind of people that I'd like to see start entering Series 2, Series 3, Series 4 and so on. Um, I just think a lot of people wanted to maybe see the family go off and do their own thing for series one and then see where it went after that point also with it being on OFTV brand new platform nobody kind of knew what was was going to happen so they wanted to see what kind of content we made and I think series two series three series four we'll start seeing a lot of people come forward um, and and join in joining the next series I think it's very good for you personally as well the fact that being away from TV for so long that it's eased you in gently rather than going into a show and it's just drama, drama, drama. Because mentally, I expect you are at a position where you're very comfortable in life. You know, you know you're know, you engaged and you've got all that going on and you've got your work going on. 
this is a show that you've got those editorships as well as being a star of the show that if you came in and it was so storyline driven it might go well hold on a minute that was the reason i left harry i can't go through mentally this again because it's going to trigger me from what i was used to i definitely knew that i was going to have a role in the show but i think originally when i took on this role it was mainly to be behind the camera and figure out how we was going to make this work as a creator and exec producer of the show and I was always going to kind of drive my sisters forward which is what I've always done throughout the years but it just happened to fall that I had quite a big storyline when we were kind of planning and putting things together I just happened to have quite a big storyline that kind of if you watch me in the show I kind of intertwine with everybody you know I'm kind of in with Chloe and we're doing the business stuff and then I'm in with Demi and Frankie trying to give them advice and guide them I've got Georgia in the show as well as my fiance and colleague. So we're kind of like trying to balance different things. And it just felt that I was in it quite a lot. And I probably will be in series two as well. But yeah, I was, I had doubts about coming back to, to TV. I think if I ever were, I always made this decision quite a while back. If I ever were going to come back or, or did come back, it was always going to be on the basis of that one, it'd have to be a family show and not a community show. And then two, I think I'd have to be in this role where I can kind of not, I don't want to say I want to be in control of it, but I want to kind of know, I want to kind of know where the story's going. And I think that's what I always, I couldn't really deal with on, on Towie. I just couldn't deal with turning up on set and, you know, it was kind of, it was, it was produced reality, right? So we, we'd have like a set made up with cameras and stuff, and then we'd be, get given pointers to to go into the show and ultimately the words were our own but we'd kind of have to we kind of have a route that we were following this is what I'm saying earlier there was a storyline that we were following that sometimes you weren't necessarily involved with that you'd kind of have to have an opinion on just to be in the show and I didn't want I didn't want to be a part of that um so I really like this concept this concept works for me in my life I think actually you're kind of and I think as the series go on, you're going to dig deeper into everybody's lives and you're going to see something that you've never seen before, even out of somebody like Chloe, who's been on TV for the last decade. I think you're going to start to see depths of her that she's that she's never revealed before on TV. So it's going to be interesting following this journey. Do you think then there's any way back to going back to Tari one day for all of you now or because you've now set this new bar and you're going to get those depths and you're going to get more vulnerability that actually you're, you're all as a family unit. So detracted away from Tower, there's no chance you could go backwards. It's only forwards. I'd never say never. And I'm not necessarily sure it is a backward step. It was just time to maybe try something different and do something else. Um, the thing with Tower is, and I mentioned this earlier, it's just been exhausted a little bit. What the problem is, we're used to taking concepts and just absolutely abusing them to the point where it's just constant over and over and over and over again. And that that just isn't going to work. You know, Love Island, what are we on now? Love Island must be the 10th season. Yeah, at least. Season, yeah. Big Brother got into a similar sort of position. It went through season after season after season. And what ends up happening is, and this is what's happened with Towie, you have those original characters, the Mark Wrights, the Amy Charles, the Bears, the Joey Essex, the Chloe Simses of the world. They came in and they were their authentic original selves. There was nobody else like them. They came in and created a blueprint. And then what happened is, as a series start going on, uh, and the years start going by, the people that were watching that show as fans are now on that show. 
and they are ultimately copycatting what they've seen before and nothing is changing it's just becoming the same stuff that it needs to have a bit of a change up it needs to have a bit of a refresh and that's probably where Chloe got to of it in the end she was like look I can I can keep going on Towie there's no there's no issues there I've got my place I'm, a, I'm an original cast member I can stay there and probably see this out for however long I want but that isn't fulfilling her dreams and her dream was to get her own family show and same with Frankie and Demi they wanted to be on a family orientated show and go off and do something else so I don't know if if going back to Taui is a, is a is a backward step, but it would need to be a different concept. I think at some point they're going to come up with, and maybe this is when the series uh, Taui eventually ends. I think they'll probably come up with a concept where it's like, how much is it going to cost to get everybody back, the big the big cast members? Like, how much will, will it cost to do one series with all of the original cast members? That's that's what I think it'll probably get to in the end, or at least they'll try to explore. Well, Georgie Shaw did that last year. You know, they had the Georgie Shaw gang uh, with their babies, the OGs, and then it was getting them all together. And like, everyone did it bar Vicky and Gaz, and they're filming it right now. They just finished filming it where they've all gone to some house together in, in another country. If that was the case, and you had a big Towie reunion of all the OGs, would you be part of it? Would Chloe be part of it? Would Joey be part of it? Yeah, I mean, look, I can't answer for them guys, but I would say that ultimately I don't see myself bigger than anything. And I don't like it when you see, when you see cast members not going into their former show that practically got them to where they are mm. today. So I think if they did, it would be a conversation that you'd have to explore. What would you do and who would you be filming with? But I went back not too long ago. I went back on a season with my sister and a shot with Mario. It was probably a few seasons ago now. And Mario had he had his son on the show as well. So there was a bit of involvement there. And I think that's you know, that's what Geordie Shaw are doing. They're showing that these young guys and girls that came into the show were wild. They've kind of moved into a different era of their life. They've had kids, they've got families, they've got proper jobs. You know, and I think that's that's where Towie will eventually go because this concept, in my opinion, although you're going to get the the diehard Towie fans watching the show now, it just isn't anywhere near where it used to be. And I think that's because it's just nowhere near as authentic as it used to be. And the only way you're going to do that ultimately is to either get the originals back somehow, which there's going to be, have to be some sort of compensation to get them back. Or you're going to have to scrap that idea and start a totally new concept. That's what I think it will probably have to happen. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. 
Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Let's talk about you. Let's talk about the Sims family. And I want to know, I want to go back to the beginning for you, Charlie. Let's talk about you growing up with three sisters, because that's a lot to deal with. A lot. Who was the Charlie Sims in that family unit? I think growing up, yeah, I had three sisters, my mum and then my dad. So it was still a household that was dominated by women. But I was kind of the only boy. So I kind of had the the only boy favouritism, if you like, uh, certainly from my dad and probably from my mum. Very loving family, very kind, uh, a very tight bond. All looked out for each other, looked after each other. The girls certainly looked after me and I did my big brother duties growing up as well. Chloe was a bit older than me, so she's about nine or ten years older than me. So there was a bit of a bigger gap between us growing up. She was kind of off out doing her thing and then I was kind of at school. Um, so I had a small, I had a smaller age gap with Debbie and Frankie. So we all, in, we actually all crossed over and went to the same school at one point. So growing up, we all had a very tight bond. And then as we become young adults and we started going out, Chloe had already been through her her stages of going out, and she kind of took us under her wing. I was clubbing with her, and she she came to this rise of fame from the show. So it was good. Like I enjoyed it. I enjoyed kind of growing up and being in and around the girls they they taught me a lot they taught me a lot about women and yeah I had a lot of fun like me, me and Chloe have had some really really great times and great nights out and um ultimately I've had some really really good times and good family occasions with Frankie and Demi as well a lot of family holidays that we shared um, but we're all adults now well you say you're adults you're if you just turned 30 you're in your early 30s oh. I'm 31 now, yeah. Yeah, so I'm 30. I'm a year younger than you. I still see myself as like 16, 17 years old. I've still not same. grown up yet. I'm still a child. Same. That's exactly it, the same as me. Well, I think it's, it's a bit of nostalgia, isn't it? It's, I still like talking to my friends about school, about people who are in school. Or, do you remember that memory of school? Or look what they're doing now. I don't like this idea that we have to separate it and think that school was such a long time ago. School just seems so easy now, doesn't it? You know, mm. when you look at when you look at life and, and the hurdles that come through life and just kind of being out here on your own, doing your own thing, like, like at school was just such an easy process. The hours were short. You had the structure and system of being protected and not having to really go out and do much apart from some homework and play in the playground when, when, when lunchtime came around and figure out what you was going to spend your, your couple of quid on, whether it was going to be something healthy or whether you're just going to buy as many sausage rolls as you could so I don't know like you know school school to me seemed like real easy and it seemed like a really quick a really quick thing to happen now when I look back at it I, and I didn't do any further education I didn't I didn't go to college or university so I only did primary and secondary school which I do I do miss now well it's interesting that you didn't do that because when I look at the show House of Sims it's all about wealth 
I see a lot of money. And I'm not talking about that you're very flash, but it's you're all very determined to work hard and not just work, but go with an extra level. And I'm quite interested about where that mentality came from. I think when I left school at 16, my dad was very much like, and especially because I was the only boy, he was very much like, you need to go out into the world. And if you, if you, if you don't want to go into further education, which I was very adamant I didn't at the time because I actually didn't like school at the time. He was like, you need to go out and work in the real world. And I'm going to kind of show you two ways that that's going to happen. He was very connected. He got me a job as a, uh, a quantity surveyor, at a construction, big construction company, which quantity surveyor is a very good job, a very safe job. You have to go and do a, a BTEC at college for it. So I went and studied maybe about six months of college, but it didn't work out in the end. But before that, he was like, I'm going to show you the other side of it, which is the very tough side of of, of life and not ne- not necessarily the wrong side, but this is, you know, this is this is going to be the tougher, more physical side of things if you don't if you don't mentally prepare yourself to be a quantity surveyor. And he he got me a job with his friend. His friend owned a t-shirt factory. Um and it was a big, big factory. Um, as you can imagine, t-shirts flying around, hot printers everywhere. And the hours were like 5 a.m. to like early afternoon. And as a kid, I'd never been up at 5 a.m. in my life. So, you know, it was like, right, I'm gonna I'm gonna get you get you up at like four or whatever, you're gonna get showered, get dressed, gonna drop you off at the factory and I'll come pick you up at like whatever time in the afternoon. And then that was kind of like my first real experience of one making money, but in an environment with adults that I'd never been around before. You know, there are a lot of Eastern Europeans and there are a lot of people that maybe had come out of like different walks of life. And I just wasn't used to being in and around that environment. And he he kind of put me in there to show me that, you know, you can kind of go down this route if you want. There's nothing wrong with that, but I'm just showing you that's one route. Or you can kind of go down this route if you want. I'll give you the leg up. I'll give you the introduction. But once you're there, you're on your own. And ultimately, that's the other side that you can go down. And obviously, I chose to go down the quantity surveyor route, albeit I went to college for six months, worked in an office for six months and absolutely hated it. But that kind of gave me the realization that, well, actually, I don't want to go back to that. So I need to do something else. And I was always quite entrepreneurial, but entrepreneurial spirit weren't really my main focus. Then it was more about that was the drive. It was like, how am I going to make money here? Because we don't come from money. Like I come from a really good middle class background. But we didn't have tons and tons of money and I didn't have a trust fund for my parents. So it was like, I need to go out into the world and make money. And the only way I was going to do that, which was drummed into me by my parents, was hard work. So I said to my dad, listen, I've, I've done a couple of jobs now. I've seen the summer through. I'm like 17 at this point. I want to get into something that makes some real money. Who do you know? I've been looking at the Wolf of Wall Street. I've been, I've been reading books about, watch movies about Wall Street with Michael Douglas and Charlie Sheen. I want to be in the financial industry. I want to wear the suits, the pinstripe suits, and I want to work in the city and, and become a broker. So he had a friend who had a friend who introduced me to somebody. And eventually they got me an apprenticeship to be a broker at like 17, 18. Started working there. Again, went through the the hardships of uh, being a junior broker, which in those days, in, in that era, was it was tough. You, you'd get spoken to in a way that you wasn't used to being spoken to at school. And you get have to go out and do all sorts of hours way beyond your nine till five and it was a tough job but ultimately the rewards were big 
And I was in and around an environment of people that were very smart, very sharp, very driven, hungry people, and not always necessarily good hunger either. There was a lot of jealousy and it was almost like such a small tight family bond there on that desk. There was 20 of us. We'd always kind of forgive each other and that would kind of get forgotten about and you start the next day again. But again, it was early hours. The market was opening at 7 a.m. I was having to be up at like half five, getting on the train into the office at those early hours. And that kind of installed into me a mindset that I was going to go on and have to do something with, with my life. And eventually that ended. And then Taui kind of crossed over with that and that opportunity began. And I started my, my TV journey from there, really. How did the money change? You know, you've got all that wealth around you in the financial world. Then you go on to TOWIE, where the wealth is very, very different. The wealth isn't a financial pocket. It's, you know, don't tell me if you don't want to tell me how much you're getting paid. But it's the freebies that come with it, the events, the free clothing. And then it's coming off that. And that wealth is now gone. And now you're just Charlie Sims again. Yeah, so, you know, we kind of moved into TOWIE, which... You're right. I was being financially paid quite well as a broker. And then I left that job and then went into the show. And ultimately, the money just went like this straight away because you don't get paid very well. Um, I can't remember what I was getting paid. It was probably in line with about 100 quid a day, which isn't bad for some young young people, but it wasn't what I was used to. Now, the system's very different. I think they've got a tiered system. So it depends on where, where you're coming in at the show. If, you, if you've been in the show longer, you get paid more. If, you if you're in the show as a newbie, you get paid the minimum. But I was on about 100 odd quid a day at the time. It wasn't about what you got paid on set, on the production. It was about what you got off the back of the show and trying to build your profile. And it still is in a way, like you, it still is about that. If you're on that show, it's about who you are in the show, your profile and how and how much you can make off the back of it. Are you going to be in newspapers? Are you going to be doing personal appearances? Are you going to be doing spin-off shows? Are you going to be in all, all sorts of other revenue, you know, earning streams somewhere else? So that was kind of what that was about. And that's why the show is so drama-driven, because people want to be at the forefront. They want the airtime. They want to be the face or the person being spoken about. So the brands and the, and the TV and the other productions are a cast in them so that's why that shows such such a drama driven show i wasn't used to that i didn't really want to be a part of that i actually was i thought i was quite authentic on there i was myself what you watched and what you saw happen actually happened to me in my real life and i never tried to be anything more than than me on that show um, and every time that maybe i did uh, fall into that it didn't work out for me and i think ultimately when it got to the end of, of my uh, Taui journey, I just said I just said to myself, you know, who am I? What am I doing? Is this really what I want to do long term? And the answer was no. And I decided to go back into the real world, which is quite tough actually. When you when you when you're very young and you're used to walking into places and people greeting you and giving you stuff for free, and especially when you're walking into nightclubs and getting walked through, and this is your table, the drinks are on us. Don't worry about it. Have a good night. To Oh, yeah, um, we're, you know, we're quite booked tonight. We might have to go and stand in the queue kind of thing. So it was kind of a bit of a, a bit of a change. And then that kind of gave me the mindset of, right, well, I need to change that. And the only way I'm going to change that is either being famous again or earning a hell of a lot of money. I, I just decided that I wasn't going to be famous again. 
And then I was just going to try and, and create my own business and go down that route. And you've done very, very well with that. And we've, you've seen how much you've built up your businesses. The other thing you've built up as well is your relationships. And obviously, Georgia, who we see on the show, you started working together, you end up in a relationship. Five years later, you're engaged. What are the wedding plans, my friend? <laughs> the wedding plans are coming along more than they've ever been. So we are in our fifth year of engagement. She has done her time. She's waited for us. To be honest with you, it's been delayed because I feel like Every time we go to do it or seriously talk about it, something dramatically happens in our life, whether that'll be the shows happening or the year before we bought our house and the year before that we decided to to do something else. And there's something always going on in and around our lives where we just we just can't plan it. But I think this year, hopefully we'll see it. I'd like to do it for season two. Um, so we got a date in mind yet of when, because you obviously need to buy get caterers and DJs and the venue sorted way in advance. So if you're filming in September, have you got a date in mind yet? Not an exact date, because I think we need to figure out with the production, like where it can slot in. But I think I'd like to do it in season two, just because we're going to do it at some point. Anyway, I think it'd be a really cool story to follow and it'd be a huge family event. So, you know, I want to, I want to do it for them. And I don't know the exact date, but it will likely be. But what are you going to do? Fly everyone out to LA for it? Or are you going to go back to Essex and do a spin-off in Essex? Uh, no, no, I think it'll be in LA. But I never see, I never see myself getting married in Essex. I never see myself doing the, the big white wedding thing. So I actually, my original proposal was to do it in Vegas. That's where I wanted to do it, um, which still could be a possible possibility. But I think LA would make more sense. Can we can fly off our closest family and friends out, and then that's where you might see some cameos of a few people. You can watch the House of Sims on OnlyFans TV. And if you love Harry like I do, on Skinny Skidder episodes of Bobby Norris, Kelsey Stratford, Pete Wicks, Janet Ahmed, and Charlie King, to name a few. You've been listening to Skinny and Skid Me, Johnny. So if you like what you heard, please do go and rate the podcast, give it a five-star rating and a review on Spotify and iTunes. And let's keep spreading the word. It's okay to not be okay. Share it on TikTok at JohnnyCFit92, on Instagram at JohnnyCFit at Skidding and Skid Podcast. Thank you for listening. Until next time, thank you and goodbye. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.